Hi and welcome to the podcast. I'm Sonia Thomas. I'm Sarah Jordan. And I'm Gavin Cooper. Welcome to Series 5, Episode 2 with consultant virologist Ji Yan Shin. He returned to the podcast after appearing in our COVID series for a flu special. We're also joined by Marianne Selleck, who is a pharmacist at UCLH and the project's lead for staff flu vaccine uptake this winter. We discuss how we've prepared for winter pressures and also at this time of year with the extra concern about a COVID research. We're joined by Ji Yen Shin and Marianne Selleck. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about the flu season and flu vaccination at UCLH, given the context that it's kind of late September and kind of goes without saying what that means. So I guess the first question, Jian, was, you know, the second surge of COVID-19 seems to be starting and we're going into the winter season now. This is typically when seasonal flu becomes an issue. What can we do to get ready and what are the issues at the minute we need to kind of be considering? Okay, thanks. I think this winter, obviously, well, this year has obviously been extraordinary, a pandemic which none of us expected. And I think the best thing we can do for the winter is to be as well prepared as we can, both as a trust, but as the NHS in general. And that's why the government has basically asked all of us to really maximise our flu vaccine uptake. And the target is very ambitious, 95% for NHS staff. And I think we can all see the logic of that because we haven't been through the first wave and seen how terrible it is. We can anticipate having the winter which is always difficult for us with the flu, virus V and all the other viruses, plus COVID, that is even more important that we get the maximum flu vaccine uptake possible, not just to protect our staff and as usual messages protecting our staff, we're frontline like you guys, our families and, and our colleagues, but also protecting the health service in a sense and also protecting UCLH. Because the more that we can do to reduce the risk of staff being off sick well, we don't want colleagues to be sick anyway, but we want people to have maximal ability to cope with what's coming. And the best way we can do that at the moment are very high levels of flu vaccine coverage. And as I said before, none of us will pretend the flu vaccine is perfect. What it is, it's a protection and in a way insurance to reduce the impact on UCLH and also the wider NHS. And I think it's really important that we prepare ourselves as best we can. This is one of the things we can do as a concrete step to try and prevent the potential magnitude of harm we're going to get from multiple waves of respiratory viruses, including flu and then possibly COVID. The timing of the COVID wave, we've got signs it's coming now. It hasn't affected the hospital sector yet as much, but getting the flu vaccine in a planned fashion, which we're doing, um, is the best way we can improve our chances of getting through this uh, this winter. And of course, none of us are going to sit here and try and pretend we know what's going to happen this winter, but we have to, as usual, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And flu, having a good flu vaccine campaign, successful campaign, with a lot of help from team effort, that's the best way to prepare. So this is predominantly about keeping staff safe and presumably there's kind of parallel work where vaccination is trying to be rolled out to broader patient groups to try to then also minimise admissions into the hospitals? Absolutely. So this year, um, ex- exactly that. Again, it's been very clear the government's announced some, some weeks ago the government would like 30 million Britons to be vaccinated against flu and that is part of this overall strategy of minimising harm and reducing the risks of flu infection as a way of reducing the overall impact on health service and society as a whole. If we can reduce the number of patients coming in, that reduces A, the pressure on the hospitals, but also there is some evidence that people get COVID and flu, then the outcome will be quite bad. So for all sorts of reasons, we want to vaccinate as many members of the population and our patients as well. And there are groups in the hospital already working on patient vaccination, also in NCL sector level, also in the panel level and the national level. 
to reassure everyone there's a lot of planning going on in the background to make sure we maximize both patient flu vaccination and staff flu vaccination. And what strain are, or strains are we kind of expecting this year? What's the, the vaccine going to be acting against? The honest answer is we never know. In broad terms, we know, but we never know specifically. So every year, the flu vaccines are designed by international global experts at the WHO, and they include two types of flu, A virus vaccine, and one flu B virus vaccine. I don't want to get too technical, but basically we know from many years' experience what is coming, and the details will change from year to year, but the flu vaccine that we're going to get is the best design that it's possible to do. And also we're having the quadrivalent flu vaccine, so that covers actually a slightly more, a wider range of viruses than we had, say, three, four, five years ago. So probably in the last two or three years, we've changed our flu vaccine strategy to have a wider coverage of flu viruses. I think the main thing is last year, then, 72% of our staff got vaccinated. This year we need, well, we're aiming for 95 or higher. How are you going to approach that? Um, so far, there's been a lot of work going on in the background in terms of trying to improve accessibility, which we think is particularly important to make sure that all frontline healthcare staff and any support staff who are working here are able to access the vaccine whenever they are working and there is an opportunity for them to access it at whichever site they are working. So there's a lot of work going on in that sense. Also, we're really trying to work with our communications and marketing the team this year to try and put out as much useful information as possible, but also try and promote the idea that it is useful and beneficial for people to have the flu vaccine, as Gian rightly said, not only for the protection of themselves and their families, but also our patients and our organisation as a whole, particularly during a time in which flu and COVID may be in co-circulation. So what we are hoping to do is to try and boost our number of peer vaccinators. So already we put out UCLH-wide communications detailing how to become a peer vaccinator. And we would encourage as many staff as possible to be able to do that. And this will, again, improve accessibility for frontline healthcare staff to receive the vaccine. If you are interested in becoming a peer vaccinator, then please do send an email to the flu vaccination inbox, which is uclh.fluvac, that's V-A-C-C, at nhs.net. And someone will get back to you and send you a training needs analysis upon which we can then tailor the training that you need specific to your needs. Already, have you seen an uptake from last year in peer vaccinators? Yes, so there is an improvement. Um, I believe today we heard we had 80 more peer vaccinators than we had last year. We are aiming for a total of 300 peer vaccinators. So far we have 130. We are looking to build on those numbers. Please come forward at any time. Although the campaign launches on the 5th of October, we're keen to keep building on our pool of peer vaccinators. So even if that date has passed, please do come forward if you're interested. We also have 17 flu champions who will be supporting our peer vaccinators and also spreading the word about the flu vaccine and spreading general communications about it also. And incentives are another way in which we're trying to increase the uptake in the vaccination rate this year. So firstly, we are offering anyone who receives a flu jab at UCLH, at any of the sites, they are offered either a Sainsbury's voucher which is like a meal deal voucher, enough for a lunch, or a tea and coffee voucher, for which they can get a redeemer tea or coffee on site. 
the other thing is that for the duration of the campaign, there will be a weekly annual leave lottery. This is on a raffle basis, so people, if they're interested, they may not be, but if they are interested, they will be given sort of a raffle ticket and on a weekly basis, the a name will be, uh, a raffle ticket number will be pulled out, a name will be pulled out essentially, and they will get an extra day of annual leave. For our peer vaccinators, so in t- to encourage you to become a peer vaccinator, there are love to shop vouchers available, so can be redeemed online, but also in store in any high street stores. So those will also be on offer for our peer vaccinators. So once they vaccinate 25 people, they will get a £25 love to shop voucher. So I think that's another pretty good incentive to become a peer vaccinator. I could add a story about the annual leave. I've been trying to campaign for that in every trust I've worked in the last 10 years. Because the story behind that is in around eight years ago, there's a trust in Yorkshire, and I can't remember the name of it. Very sadly, a member of staff who did not accept the flu vaccine got flu and very sadly passed away. And obviously the entire hospital, you know, they were quite close-knit DGH and obviously they were all devastated. So the next year, the, the chief visitor and the board offered all staff who received the flu vaccine one day annual leave, extra. And the flu vaccination rate that year went up to more than 95%, which is what we're trying to achieve. But that was driven by a tragedy. They've converted to really high flu vaccine uptake rate. I still find a lot of myths, really, which you maybe could discuss around it. So a lot of comments like, I had it once and it made me get the flu and I was sick. How do we kind of dispel some of that? I think what we normally try and do each year is have a, a Q&A section on the website. And also we can tackle some of the podcasts, uh, if you like. But common things like, I had flu vaccine in 2003 and it gave me flu. I mean, the problem is, as, I said, as you know, we're launching in October, the flu vaccine campaign, which is a typical uh, sort of time period. But it's also a time where more and more respiratory viruses are increasing. In fact, right now, we all probably have colleagues who've got colds and, you know, running you know, blocked noses and all kind of thing. And so it's easy for people to have the flu vaccine at a time when other viruses are coming. And then they will associate in their minds, understandably, they've had the flu vaccine. And then two days later, they've got cough, cold, etc. But that's highly unlikely to be flu because, the, you know, the flu season really starts usually in late December, early January. But we normally get the vaccine in late September early October, mid-October. So from the virological data, we know that's highly unlikely that possible, and also the basic fact that the flu vaccine is dead virus. So you can't get infection from dead virus. Um, So that's a message to get out there. And I can understand why, and I've had colleagues who've said this, and they've literally, they've said, I had a flu vaccine 20 years ago, and I've never had it since. And you know, it's difficult to know what to say to that. But um, the fact is you can't get flu from the flu vaccine for, for the adults. Um, it's it's killed virus. You just can't get flu, flu illness from it. Are there any particular side effects that people might have that they and whether they should worry about them or not? The most common one is sore arm. I mean, mm. some years, yes, I have, you know, I'm sure everyone's rooms probably had it. And some people do say they will get a bit of mild flu-like illness because it's just they just feel a bit different. I mean, usually, almost always, very short-lived, self-limited, and they shouldn't worry about that. What some of our staff, will there be some instances where they cannot receive it? Really, the main one is um, anaphylactic allergy to egg and egg proteins. Um, And there weren't any other contraindications for staff to have the vaccine? I guess if staff are acutely unwell at the time in which a vaccine is being offered to them, they should wait until they feel better. Um, Anything else to add there, James? That's the main thing. I think really the egg anaphylaxis to egg protein, that's really the main one. There are very few other contraindications. And then, as Marion said, if you're, if you're ill on a day, I think postpone it for a couple of weeks. Even if people can't get it till, you know, maybe even late October, November, I would still get it. 
typically the flu season usually starts to be late December. So even if you get it any time in November, I think that's, in fact, even in early December, I'd still, still try and get it. We have a lot of agency staff and bank staff working, um, <clears throat> mainly night shifts, weekends. How are we communicating with our agency and bank in the trust? Because that's a vast number of staff coming through. So we have the information relating to our bank staff in terms of their emails and credentials. So we're hoping that not only through the areas that they're working in, hopefully they'll be made aware of where they can get the flu vaccine, um, but also that we'll be able to put out messages to them by email and those methods which we have to communicate with that pool of staff but we will hopefully be assessing the areas in which we've got peer vaccinators and just making sure that we've got peer vaccinators who are able to kind of cover the clock, so to speak, so that we've got people, so for example, if we've got people who are predominantly working night shifts, that we can guarantee that there will be someone around at some point that they will be able to be vaccinated from. Is there any issue if someone's had COVID in the past as to whether they're safe to have the flu vaccine this year? I've had that question, you've probably had that question before, and I've had it in various meetings. I think there's no virological, immunological reason to think that that would be the case. I've seen no evidence of that. I've seen no reports of that, of any concerns about that. And in fact, for example, we're running the, the COVID vaccine trials, which probably a lot of people listening to us will have had. And I think I'm pretty sure I've seen specifically the guidance for the vaccine trial participants is that they sh can and should have the flu vaccine. People should not be concerned about that. I've seen absolutely nothing to indicate that people who've had COVID should not have flu vaccine. And if staff are working from home, are there any sort of special considerations for how we might go about vaccinating them? Yes, yeah, so we've been thinking a lot about this in the lead up to the launch of the campaign, in particular for staff who are working from home because they are vulnerable or shielding. There is an option to uh, book an appointment with our occupational health department who will be running clinic specifically for that cohort of staff so that's vulnerable or shielding members of staff who are working from home um, if they are unable to get um, an appointment or a, a jab elsewhere. Otherwise we would encourage people who are working from home uh, who are unable for whatever reason to attend or come in um, to receive the flu jab to go to their local pharmacy to try and get the flu jab. So the word on this from NHS England has been that if uh, there is a member of staff who is working remotely and needs a flu vaccine, all frontline healthcare NHS staff are entitled to a free flu vaccine. They can present their NHS ID at their local pharmacy and they should be able to receive a flu vaccine. And pregnant staff? Yes, flu vaccinations are also offered to pregnant men. And there's staff. no contraindications for that? I think it's the opposite, actually. We know that pregnant women are at higher risk of getting severe flu illness, so I would actually positively recommend pregnant women to, to have the flu vaccine. Absolutely. I guess this is slightly tangential, but I mean, it just given the amount of PPE everyone's wearing now, is there is the feeling that the, the season might be predictably a little better, or is it still just that unknown of not knowing what strain is coming? That is a very good question, which I've come, I'm sure we've all come across that question. Mm. I think there is a reasonable hypothesis that because people are social distancing, wearing face masks and public transport, etc., washing hands more, that may reduce the transmission of all of our respiratory viruses, including flu potentially. And I hope that's the case. But I think we've seen recently, because we know the COVID is increasing, that the people out there maybe not been strictly adhering to those sensible guidelines. And so it may or may not be a factor. We'd like to think so. I think the short answer is it may be. 
that the social distancing, hand hygiene and face mask might blunt the flu season, and especially we go into some kind of lockdown, some form of lockdown, I think that would have an impact at that time. So if in the winter it gets really bad of all the other viruses and the government says we're going to go to lockdown, I think that almost certainly will depress the flu wave, if you want to call it that. And I think the evidence from other countries, I think in Australia, I was at a webinar last week and a public health doctor from Australia was talking about their experience. When they had their COVID wave, flu activity dropped off quite significantly. Now that sounds positive and it probably is, but they didn't present how much testing they're doing for flu. Because I think like us, everyone switched to just COVID testing, so we don't know. So it's a, hard to predict, it's hard to predict. But I think, you know, the social distancing, hand hygiene and face masks can only help reduce all of these infections. But obviously, regardless of that, I think um, it's important for everyone to, to attempt to receive a flu jab um, in any case. Yeah. This is one, one example where I think the flu vaccine advice just applies to everyone, literally everyone. We're all in this together and we should all take the same measures. And I just literally encourage everyone to get the flu vaccine, unless you've got some medical contraindication, which we've talked about.